freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of power. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the Conservative Crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome. Good Friday morning to you all. It is Friday, November 17th, Year of our Lord, 2023. This is the Conservative Crusader at GOPJosh.com. Glad to be with you all today. As always, you know, something funny, I was uh, preparing for the program today, reading a few different things, uh, seeing what I wanted to comment on, uh, and I was reading an article about Cat Herd, uh, which is obviously a very popular Twitter account on Newsweek, and I'm not going to get into that story today. Um, but I saw on the side they have their their debate columns every day on Newsweek, and there's the Republican, uh, Mark Davis, he's a talk radio host in Dallas, that says, Biden is a one-term president. Now, the left-wing opinion column, which I'm not going to get into today, but I think it's kind of funny, Nicholas Creel, who is an assistant professor of business law at Georgia College and State University, his column says, ignore the polls and pundits, Biden will win re-election. So the biggest attack against the right wing in 2016 after Trump won bigly against Hillary Clinton was that, oh, we didn't pay attention to the polls. We voted for Trump anyway. Now the left is doing the same thing. And we were called crazy for not believing the polls in 2020. And we won in 2020. Obviously, that didn't actually come to fruition, but we should have won in 2020. Um, And now they're doing the same thing. They're ignoring the polls. They're saying, well... No matter what the polls say, Biden's going to win again. So that's really telling me a lot about where we're going to go as a country in the next couple of years. And that, that really made my day this morning. A lot of news to get to today. I actually have a full page of notes. So we're going to go through everything quickly on this hour of the program, the youngest hour of talk radio in the nation. First of all, China's uh, Xi Jinping has, I believe he's departed San Francisco. I saw uh, Elon Musk actually met with him, which makes me really mad with Elon Musk. Uh, here's a piece from Rutgers. Uh, when Chinese President Xi Jinping met executives for dinner on Wednesday night in San Francisco, he was greeted with not one, but three standing ovations from the U.S. business community. It was one of several public relation wins for the Chinese leader on his first trip in six years to the United States, wherein he and President Joe Biden reached agreements on the uh, covering fentanyl, military communications, and artificial intelligence on the sidelines of the Asia-Pacific Economic Corporations Summit. 
Uh, all th but three were outcomes of the United States had sought from China rather than the other way around, said two people briefed on the trip. But Xi's appearance uh, to have achieved his own aims, earning U.S. policy concessions in exchange for promises of cooperation and easing of bilateral, uh, bilateral tensions that would allow more focus on economic growth and a chance to appeal to foreign investors who will increasingly shun China. Uh, China's econ economy is slowing, and earlier this month it reported that its first quarterly deficit in foreign direct investment and the ruling Communist Party had battled political intrigues and have been raised questions about Xi's decision-making, including the sudden and unexplained removals of his foreign minister and defense minister. Uh, quote, if the U.S. and China can manage their differences, it will mean that Xi Jinping doesn't have to divert all of his attention to that, said Alexander Nail, an uh, adjunct fellow at Hawaii's Pacific Forum think tank. He needs to focus on his domestic agenda, which is incre incredibly pressuring. Uh, so here's a, a headline from Rutgers, Dropping Sanctions for Cooperation. Uh, securing Xi's promise of Chinese cooperation on stemming the flow of fentanyl to the United States was high on Biden's to-do list for the summit. A senior U.S. official said that the agreement under which China would go after specific companies that produce fentanyl precursors were made on a trust but verify basis. In return, the U.S. government on Thursday removed a Chinese public security forensic institute from a Commerce Department trade sanction list where it placed in 2020 over alleged abuses against Uyghurs, a long-sought diplomatic aim for China. So what I'm gathering from this, outside of all the big political talk, which is obviously all that, all that the left wants to talk about because they're propping up Xi Jinping, which they shouldn't ever promote and support doing, um, what I'm seeing here is that Xi Jinping really didn't do a lot besides get round of applause from our leaders. And I mentioned this on Wednesday's program. If you are a business owner and you paid the $2,000 a plate to get an audience with Xi Jinping, I really don't think the Republicans and the conservatives should in any way, shape, or form uh, support what you're doing. And this even rings true uh, for Elon Musk, who is supposed to be a good guy, supposed to be a conservative guy. Uh, but as we can see from a photo he posted on his own social media platform, uh, he took Xi Jinping up on the offer and um, shook his hand, made Xi Jinping smile when he walked up to him. not sure if Xi knew who he was. I'm sure he did. Um, and he put in the quote, may there be prosperity for all. I'm not sure if he knows the history of the Chinese Communist Party, but that's not going to happen, especially not for people like him under Xi Jinping's leadership in China. But obviously, he doesn't care about China. He cares about optics. And, and Elon Musk wanted a cool handshake with uh, with Xi Jinping. Um, and and X is, is a great platform. I, I'm a big fan of it. I use it more than any other social media platform. And I'm on all of them. I'm on Truth Social. I'm on Instagram. I found out that you can upload videos to TikTok from a computer. So I do that on a separate browser, separate from everything else. So I, I'm on there as well, uploading short videos. Um, but I wouldn't, I'm not a big fan of of Elon Musk doing this. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of him wasting his money to get an audience with Xi Jinping, but it's his money, of course. Um, but I'm not going to back him. I, I mean, I, I've been very defensive of Elon Musk for some reason. I don't exactly know why uh, when he has done nothing but it seems turn on the promises he's made. He now says that people who post offensive content on social media on X will not be monetized. Uh, pretty much going back to the banning we had in the first place. He's pretty much saying uh, that we're not going to have free speech on Twitter because 
You have freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach, is the wording he used, when that's pretty much censoring the voices that are opposition in the first place. So I'm not really sure about his optics here, appraising someone who censors the way that Xi Jinping does. Um, and then Gavin Newsom, um, Z smile, actually made Xi Jinping smile, uh, giving him a a jersey that says the Bay. I believe it's a San Francisco, or not San Francisco, a, a Golden State Warriors jersey. But Xi Jinping has a, a great big smile in that post. Um, you can just search uh, Z smile on X and you can bring, uh, find the picture. It's pretty funny. Um, so, so moving on here really quickly before we get out of time. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's boyfriend's, or husband's friend, David DePage has been found guilty of all charges uh, after he held, seeking to hold Nancy Pelosi's office and attacking her husband with a hammer. Uh, jurors deliberated for about eight hours before finding David DePage guilty of DePape, guilty of attempted kidnapping of a federal official and assault on the immediate family member of a federal official. He faces up to 50 years in prison. He did not react as the verdict was read. Uh, the attack on the then 82-year-old Paul Pelosi that was captured on police body camera video just days before the midterm elections sent shockwaves through the political world. Uh, DePape, 43, admitted during trial testimony that he broke into the Pelosi's home on October 28, uh, 2022, intending to hold Nancy Pelosi hostage and, quote, break her kneecaps, unquote, if she lied to him. He also admitted to bludgeoning Paul Pelosi with a hammer after San Francisco police officers showed up at the home saying his plan to end what he viewed as government corruption was unraveling. Uh, so the original accusation was that Paul Pelosi was was a friend of this guy's. I'm not sure if that's still what, what's being propped up now, but that still seems more believable than someone being able to get through uh, Paul Pelosi's uh, security. I mean, if you are the... She was the speaker at this point, I believe. If you are a speaker of the house and you don't have home security, not really sure what your move is there, but I feel like you are not guarding secrets safe. I mean, obviously, uh, I, I don't imagine that Nancy Pelosi is the kind of person to hang her hat up or hang her lapel pin up at the door and not talk to her husband about congressional business. She just doesn't seem like the kind of person to do that. And so I'm kind of wondering if she has no security where this person can just barge through her front door or however he got in, um, how safe our national security secrets are with Nancy Pelosi guarding them. Uh, so I guess we'll see with that. That's kind of a, a odd, odd situation. Um, but DePape was found guilty. Not really, not really sure how, how I feel about that. Uh, if he had no reaction after being found guilty, I'm kind of questioning the existence of his guilt and questioning whether or not he's actually going to serve any time. Obviously, uh, Gavin Newsom is the governor of California, and then we have Joe Biden as president, unfortunately. So we could see a pardon come in place or something to that effect where he won't actually have any sort of any sort of um, what's the word? Any sort of guilt for his crime actually exhibited. So we'll find out uh, later. Uh, when we return from the program, I want to talk about a friend of the show, George Santos, congressman from New York, who is not going to be running for re-election. I want to get into to why that is, what happened, why I think what's going against him is stupid, and more. Uh, plus, 
there is an evangelical leader. We remember hearing this about uh, Trump getting this endorsement against him about this evangelical leader that that's going to to ruin Trump's career. Well, he's still thinking that's going to happen after Trump's winning by 40 points in every state. Uh, plus, there's an article that's titled "A City in Tennessee Banned Homosexuality," and we all missed it. We're going to tell you what that city actually banned, which isn't even close to the actual crime they're accusing. Uh, plus some great Ohio news. Uh, back after this here on the Conservative Crusader, you are listening to the Voice of the Future. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash G-O-P-J-O-S-H Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Make sure if you want to support us, keep us on the air. You go to patreon.com slash GOP Josh. Help keep us on the air. Patreon.com slash GOP Josh. For as little as $3 a month, the program will remain free. Here's the headline from new uh, NBC News. Botox, Ferragamo, and OnlyFans. How George Santos allegedly spent his campaign funds. The House Ethics Committee found the financially struggling candidate was living the high life with the help of campaign funds. Santos called the report a smear. This is from Dari Gregorian over at NBC News, which does not sound like a real name. The scathing House Ethics Committee report on embattled Representative George Santos alleged he was a cash-strapped candidate who used campaign contributions to live a life of luxury, including spending donors' money on trips to casinos, shopping at high-end retailers, and even Botox treatments and OnlyFans payments. Uh, Here is what the report said, uh, according to this quote here. Representative Santos was frequently in debt uh, and had abysmal credit score and relied on an ever-growing wallet of high-interest credit cards to fund his luxury spending habits. Uh, He occasionally deposited large amounts of cash that he never accounted for, moved money between his various bank accounts in a highly suspicious manner, and made over $240,000 cash withdrawals for unknown purposes, the report uh, found. The probe found what it was alleged to be a pattern of campaign committee expenditures for travel and other personal services that may have not represented legitimate and verifiable campaign expenditures. The subcommittee also uh, alleged Santos stonewalled its investigation. Uh, Without Representative Santos' cooperation, the report said the ISC was unavailable to verify whether such expenditures and other details below were incurred uh, for bona fide campaign purposes. However, certain expenditures on their face do not appear to have a campaign nexus. Santos tweeted the report was biased and had a disgusting politicized smear. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Here's a little bit of the, the details of what the, fi- the, the report found. Uh, honeymoon in Vegas. The investigative subcommittee reviewed tax and hotel charges on the campaign credit card that were incurred in Las Vegas in December 2021 during a time when Representative Santos had told his staff that he was on his honeymoon and there were no corresponding campaign events on his calendar. Hampton's Holiday. The subcommittee identified a July 7th, 2022, $3,332.81 Airbnb expenditure reported to the FEC as a hotel stay. Review of the campaign calendar on the date indicated that Representative Santos was off at the Hamptons for the weekend. Uh, The report noted that 
That $2,281.52 in campaign money was spent at the resorts in Atlantic City, New Jersey from July 23rd to July 24th, 2022. It said the subcommittee did not receive records of any political or campaign events occurring in the Atlantic City. And at the time, and a former staffer told the panel that Santos once, in, uh, once told him, quote, he enjoys visiting casinos to play roulette oft, often with his husband. Um, uh, spa days. Several other expenditures related to spa services and or cosmetic procedures could not be verified as having a campaign nexus, citing a $1,500 purchase on the campaign credit card at Mirza Aesthetics. The expense was not reported to the FEC and was noted as Botox in expense spreadsheets. It said similarly, the $1,400 charge at Virtual Skin Spa, as was a campaign debit card purchase, was also described as Botox in the spreadsheets. Investigators said they also found an unreported PayPal payment of $1,029 to an esthetician associated with a spa in Rhinebeck, New York. Uh, bank accounts, a campaign committee created by Santos, transferred $200,000 to his personal bank accounts. Uh, Hermes, Sephora, and OnlyFans. After one $50,000 payment from the campaign committee to Santos, the funds were used to, among other things, pay down personal credit card bills and other debt, make a $4,127.80 purchase at Harmy's, and for smaller purchases at Sephora and other, for meals and for parking. Uh, Ferragamo stores, after the campaign transferred $20,000 to another Santos company last year, the money was, quote, used to make about $6,000 worth of purchases at Ferragamo stores. An ATM withdrawal, the $20,000 was also uh, used to withdraw $800 from a casino ATM and more than 1000 more from an ATM near Santos' apartment. An undisclosed amount of the $20,000 was used for his rent, according to the report. What this tells me about George Santos, and, and I'm not going to get into the legitimacy of the claims that the Ethics Committee put out. I believe that's for the court of law, not for his peers to make up in, in Congress. Uh, but what I'm finding from that is that George Santos had a Biden plus eight congressional district. That is the partisan leaning of his district, Biden plus eight. George Santos was able to turn that from Biden plus eight. He won by 10, didn't he? Election 20. Um, and he turned that, or it was, it, I think he won by like three. But still, we're, we're getting it pulled up here. Um, yeah, he won by about six points. So he went from a Biden plus eight congressional district to a Republican, a Santos plus eight district. That is incredible. An incredible flip. Uh, Robert Zimmerman is the Democrat candidate. Is first time running for office as well. Uh, and George Santos beat him by a lot in a Democrat Biden district. Now, if you don't see that as a win for the Republican Party and for George Santos, you are out of your mind. Um, but also, I don't understand why we are going after a Republican when we have a four-seat slim majority. The thing is, we haven't had a a major case against this guy in court, against George Santos in court. It has only been in the court of public opinion, which is not enough to derail something like this. George Santos is one of the, is the best voting member of Congress. Ignore everything else for right now. He is the best voting member in Congress. Undeniably. If we are attacking him for whatever we might be attacking him over, and maybe some of the charges weren't legitimate. 
But he was able to flip a district by like 10 points at least. My brain isn't working with math this morning. I do this show in the evenings for a reason. Uh, my brain, <laughs> his, his, he was able to flip the district by so much. If you're telling me that he is not a legitimate congressman from that, uh, you are out of your mind. And so I want to read the statement he put out. He put out a couple. And if you saw my short reel about it on Instagram, you probably know about it already. Um, so he, he put out three. I'm not going to read the whole thing of the first one because it's very long. It has over 2 million views. You can find it on X at Mr. Santos NY. If there was a single ounce of ethics in the ethics committee, there would not have released this biased report. The committee went to extraordinary lengths uh, to smear myself and my legal team about me not being forthcoming. My legal bills suggest otherwise. It is a disgusting, politicized smear that shows the depths of how low our federal government has sunk. Everyone who participated in this grave miscarriage of justice should all be ashamed of themselves. We the people desperately need an Article 5 constitutional convention. Um, I'm going to do the last two paragraphs now. I will remain steadfast in fighting for my rights and for defending my name in the face of adversity. I am humbled yet again, reminded that I am a human... And I have flaws, but I will not stand by as I am stoned by thy those who have flaws themselves. I will continue on my mission to serve my constituents up until I am allowed. I will, however, not be seeking re-election for a second term in 2024, as my family deserves better than to be under the gun from the press all the time. Public service life was never a goal or a dream, but I stepped up to the occasion when my, I felt my country needed it most. I will 100% continue to maintain my commitment to conservative values in my remaining time in Congress. So he will not be running again. He will probably be expelled at this point. I don't like saying that, but there is a a motion, and we, we were just now getting word in uh, earlier this morning. The House Ethics Chairman files a resolution to expel George Santos from Congress. He are, he survived the first vote. Uh, Michael Guest, a Republican, filed the resolution this morning to expel George Santos. Uh, the evidence uncovered in the Ethics Committee investigative subcommittee investigation is more than sufficient to warrant punishment. And the most appropriate punishment is expulsion. So separate from the committee process and my role as chairman, I have filed an expulsion resolution. So if you are a Republican congressman and you are trying to lose your majority, this is the great way to do it. We have a four, three-seat majority. I, I, it's either four or three. I, I think it's three. A three-seat majority. And we are fooling around like this. That tells you a lot about the Republican Party, doesn't it? I stand by... Uh, by um, George Santos is, a, is honestly, uh, when I went to D.C. with the Leadership Institute, we ran into him at the Congressional Baseball Game, which, I mean, what a guy to run into at the Congressional Baseball Game, George Santos himself. Um, really cool. He was just a really cool guy. And then uh, he, he saw me and a lot of the younger people that were at that, that le the high school retreat with the Leadership Institute, and he offered us a tour of the House floor. He stayed after the fact, after work. It was like 7.30 at night. Uh, when they finished up the classes, so we went and, and got that tour, and he did a great job. He told us he was the member that did the most tours, and I believe him on that. And I am just, I am thankful for his kindness to me, and his kindness and, and his actual dedication to serving those that he represents. I could tell that when I was with him, that he does actually care about who he represents, because he, he is, um, he, he is doing the right things for the people he represents when he votes. And if he was able to, to to misuse that many campaign dollars and still win by a lot of a lot of points, I don't see why. I mean, the the whole point of donating to the campaign was to win. He won by eight 
putting his name out there more, being a Republican in a Biden plus eight district could have hurt. Uh, so I don't understand the point. We'll, we'll figure it out more when he goes into an actual investigation outside of the ethics committee. Uh, but George Santos, if you're listening to this program, thank you for your service to this country. It will not go unnoticed. Back after this, this is the Conservative Crusader. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. So there's this guy named Vonder Van Vander Bob Vander Platz, who is a a anti anti Trump guy. Uh, his 2010 campaign website for governor is still up. Fun fact: he did not win that, but it's it's TeamVP2010.com. It is fresh out of 2010, and the website is still up, which is kind of incredible that he, he's paid for the hosting for that long. Uh, it tells me this guy's a big money guy. Uh, he is, according to his Wikipedia bio, he is the American politician and political activist. Uh, since 2010, he has been the president and CEO of the Family Leader, a social conservative organization in Iowa. Uh, he unsuccessfully ran for governor in, 2000, in 2002, 2006, and 2010. He lost in 2006 for lieutenant governor. Uh, so he's a big campaign uh, loser. He has not won in a, a campaign. Um, so the Family Leader is an American socially conservative umbrella group comprising the Family Leader Foundation, Marriage Matters, Iowa Family Pack, and Iowa's for Freedom. It is loosely affiliated with the National Social Program uh, organization focused on the family. So he is the leader of this group and is an evangelical group. And he is saying, and he has always said that he doesn't think Trump's going to win in 2024 in the the primary, right? That's his thing. He says Trump's not going to win the primary. Uh, so much so that he actually held a forum, and Trump wasn't there. Obviously, he didn't go to any. He, he did go to a couple forums, not a formal debate, but a couple forums with other candidates. Uh, and this was a one-on-one interview with, with Tucker Carlson that, that this gentleman held, and Trump did not attend. Um, so here's what Bob Vander Plaats told Fox News. Uh, however, a prominent social conservative leader in Iowa, a state where evangelical voters play an outsized role in Republican politics, said he believes Trump is still beatable. He said, quote, you're seeing the field naturally coalesce. It's getting smaller and smaller. Um, so he said, noting that the former president under 50 percent uh, support in the latest uh, polls in Iowa Vander Plaats predicted that the Trump backing might be as low as 35% by the time of the January 15th, uh, 15th caucus. There's definitely a shot that the former president can be beat here. Vander Plaats, who is likely to endorse one of Trump's rivals in the coming weeks, was interviewed on the eve of the fa- Friday's Family Leader Presidential Thanksgiving Forum, which I believe is, is today. Uh, they're doing a fake Thanksgiving dinner with a few of them. It's kind of cringe, honestly. Um, let's look on his Twitter feed. Uh, yeah. Today's Thanksgiving family forum featuring Vivek, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis will provide candidates a platform to make the case to being the alternative to real Donald Trump. Hashtag choose well 2024. Um, so they're, they're doing it at 3 p.m. Uh, today or 4 p.m. Our time, uh, Eastern time. Um... It's going to be kind of cringe. I'm not really looking forward to it. 
Um, but Haley and DeSantis are the only two, honestly, people that are going to be close to defeating Trump. I could see Vivek leading in a couple states, getting in the top three, because uh, DeSantis is, is free-falling. And Vander Plaats is going to, or Platts is going to endorse, um, and going to endorse Nikki Haley, I have a feeling. He was big in the DeSantis campaign, and then DeSantis just is terrible. So he, he doesn't really have a shot. Trump was invited to the forum. He also is not attending. He skipped the leadership summit in July, which attracted nearly the entire field of presidential contenders. They had everyone on there. They, had, they gave Asa. They gave Chris Christie. They gave all of them time with Tucker Carlson, which I, I kind of feel bad for Tucker to have to indulge those conversations. Uh, it's a forum he'd want to take advantage of and remind our base of all the good things he did while he was president. Uh, he reiterated his likely endorsement will be sometime after the forum and before Christmas. So my thing is, right? This this Vander Plates guy thinks he's he's the guy. He thinks he's important. He thinks he has a good say in Iowa politics, but he's unable to win an election. That's like me, who have never ran before in my life, going on Fox News and saying I'm going to be president because I say so, right? And he might have impact in Iowa, but Trump is still on almost at fifty percent in Iowa, very close, and that's with a Trump loyalist in the race, Vivek Ramaswamy, and hopefully. In contact with his communications to hopefully get him on the program soon. Uh, that's with Nikki Haley in the race. That's with Ron DeSantis, who many people see as uh, being DeSantis first, Trump second. There's a lot of them out there that are backing Ron DeSantis that are still going to back Trump uh, in in the eventual the, the eventual election uh, and, and going to back him in the primary once DeSantis runs out of money completely. Um. He said that the the support would be much more than a one-day announcement, emphasizing that I will do whatever I can to make the endorsement stick and see what happens. In a major boost for DeSantis, who has staked his campaign on winning in Iowa, he obviously received the Kim Reynolds endorsement. Uh, Vander Plaits uh, said Reynolds' endorsement of the Florida governor will weigh in on my discernment, but that won't make my endorsement. So if she can win governor, he can't, and he she doesn't he doesn't really care what she has to say. Uh, he backed Mike Huck. Oh, wow, this is a, this is a great... A great part of the article I didn't see earlier. Vander Plates backed former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee in 2008. Uh, how'd that work out? Former Senator Rick Santorum in 2012. Uh, look how that worked out. And Senator Ted Cruz of Texas in 2016. Uh, look how that worked out. All three went, went to win the Iowa caucuses, uh, but failed to capture the GOP presidential nomination. Uh, Trump political allies have dismissed the importance of a Vander Plaats endorsement uh, because obviously he is a, he has a very good record at endorsing winners. Uh, number number two winners, of course. Uh, so a city in Tennessee banned uh, this is the headline of the story, and I think it's really funny that how this is how they're wording it. This is the uh, the New Republic is the name of the, the the site, and I think they're just doing this for attention. It is a. It was found in 1914 by leaders of the progressive movement, so it's obviously a left-wing paper. This is the headline. A city in Tennessee banned public homosexuality, and we all missed it. Here's the, the actual text of the article. Now, let's see if this, this headline matches up. Uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, passed an ordinance in June banning indecent behavior, including indecent exposure, public indecency, lewd behavior, nudity, or sexual conduct. As journalist Aaron Reed First reported, this ordinance specifically mentions Section 2172 of the city code. The city code that states that sexual conduct includes homosexuality. 
What that means is you can't go down the street like you do in a pride parade nude. Public indecency. That's a very common crime. So I'm looking at the, the city code here. Um, yeah, it's nothing more than, than every other basic public safety law. You don't want to walk down the street and see someone uh, doing what they do in a pride parade on any day of the week, and they're outlawing that. Um, anyone who violates the ordinance in the presence of a minor is barred from hosting public events for five years, which, okay. If you want to pull out your, your, uh, your personal belongings and show them to minors, you should do, be a lot more happen to you than just, uh, than just being banned from holding events. An ACLU back challenge to the ordinance has already been launched, but it hasn't stopped city officials from implementing the measure. Uh, when the people who have banned books been the good guys, activist Carrie Lambert demanded during the county, uh, Monday county meeting. Um, so they're already banning books that discuss LGBTQ themes that actually talk about what makes someone LGBTQ, like what actions they do, which should not be shown to kids. So I, I, I don't understand the, the big attack against this law, but it shows why you need to read more than just the headline, folks. Uh, because when you read just the headline, when you just pay attention to what the media wants you to know and wants you to see, you don't get the full story. Uh, so the, the left-wing papers are saying this is an act banning homosexuality, banning that and this and that, when it's actually just banning public indecency. So if you're saying, and you're by your own admission saying homosexuality is publicly indecent, I guess that's more for you to figure out than me. Uh, so when we return with the Ohio segment, we're going to talk about a couple uh, new things in Ohio. An Ohio lawmaker from the Democratic Caucus has been barred for abusive behavior, according to the Ohio Capital Journal. We'll get into that and what actually happened, because it's kind of funny. Also, the Ohio GOP lawmakers want to override DeWine's veto on flavored tobacco bans, according to the Columbus Dispatch. We'll be back after this here on the Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Voice of the Future. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep The Conservative Crusader podcast or our program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash Josh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the conservative crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader, GOPjosh.com. So the Northeastern Ohio lawmaker 
was removed from the Democratic caucus for abusive behavior. Elliot Fornahan from South Lucid uh, has been stripped of nearly all lawmaker privileges by Democratic Party leaders for abusive and violent behavior, detailed in a 19-page memorandum sent by party leadership, uh, or to party leadership by House Democratic leader Allison Russo. In another document, uh, a letter to Fornahan obtained by News 5, Russo kicked the De- Cleveland area lawmaker out of the Democratic caucus due to his pattern of harassment, hospitality, hostility, and imitation of colleagues and staff. He has been stripped of all committee assignments and has been instructed not to contact all Democrat caucus staff members. He can no longer attend caucus, which is meeting of all legislative members and staff within one party, nor have an office, a legislative aide, or utilize any services that state representatives can access. The only thing he can legally do is attend session to vote on bills. In the 19-page document sent to House Democratic leadership and attained by News 5, Russo and her team called Fornahan's behavior abusive, erratic, and inappropriate. Ultimately, hostility, profanity, and dangerous violent remarks have unfortunately been the hallmark of Rep. Fornahan's tenure, tenure in the Ohio House of Representatives. They reached out to him for comment and had not heard back. He was an attorney and an activist before joining the legislature. It started back in May, according to Russo. Fornahan was reprimanded and sanctioned publicly following an incident in which he shouted and acted disrespectfully toward a black female constituent. The constituent filed a formal, formal complaint, first of many, against the lawmaker. Following this incident, Fornahan was re- required to complete bias training, which the document said he did begrudgingly. He previously told News 5 that he never intended to insult his constituent and had tried to make amends. He also issued a public apology. Democratic leadership had consulted and tried to course-correct Fornahan over the following incidents. The document says each time he would act aggressively and then threaten retaliation. Uh, from May through the summer, different labor groups reached out to the Democratic leadership to express their concerns with Fornahan's aggressive and violent behavior. The document continues pro- providing evidence. In June, he showed up at another representative's home unannounced talk about the complaints made about him. The female representative viewed this as hostile. He was counseled about about appropriate social media behavior and removed from his leadership position on the Government Oversight Committee. Uh, His pattern of uh, enraged, erratic, and abusive behavior toward members of staff continued through the summer months, according to the documentation that includes violent outbursts and threats while a a mediation session with other organizers. Uh, Fornahan's alleged reaction to the Israel-Hamas war is documented several times, culminating with uh, confrontation on another lawmaker. Uh, so Wednesday, I believe Fornhan is Jewish and this, this lawmaker is Muslim. Um, on Wednesday, Fornhan allegedly screamed about the war at State Representative Manra Abadwali, who is Muslim, on a, alone in a committee room to the point that she was visibly shaken and the House Sergeant-at-Arms was at, called in dispatch to stand outside of where Fornhan was because they believed he would become violent. Um, after the leadership tried to call him down, he became violent, and the leaders kicked him out of the caucus for that day. Uh, spokesperson for the House Dems told News 5 that the document speaks for himself. When asked if Fornham would formally be removed or expelled from being a lawmaker, the spokesman said that would be a caucus decision. So, so we have a very interesting situation here. Democrats are actually being held accountable for their actions. Now, why is this happening? Because not for any reason are Democrats ever held accountable. So why is this one random Democrat being held accountable? So let's go to his Twitter feeds, shall we? We're going to copy and paste his name here. Elliot Fornhan. And I go here. Uh, Fornhan for Ohio. His photo is a picture of him in front of the wall of the kidnapped people of Israel. 
And he said, bring them home now. His bio or his, his name has an Israeli flag and has another photo of him in front of all of the, the kidnapped people. A lot of his retweets are talking about the Israel war. And obviously House Democrats don't support Israel. Uh, so because he is not kissing the line with this sort of behavior and, and making sure that whatever he that the the leadership supports he supports, uh, he is kicked out of conference. That's how the House Democrats work. Republicans actually open debate, allow conversation, and we're going to ridicule you ridicule you publicly if you say something stupid, but you're not going to be kicked out of caucus uh, for it unless you are, of course, someone as great as George Santos when it comes to the voting record. Uh, so in Ohio, the GOP lawmakers want to override Biden's veto, or not Biden, DeWine's veto on flavored tobacco bans. The fight underscores division between DeWine and fellow Republicans over flavored tobacco, including menthol, as the tension between state lawmakers and city officials over home rule, a principle that allows local politicians to set policy for their neighbors. In late 2022, Columbus City Council voted to ban the sale of flavored tobacco products, Starting on January 1st, 2024, Cincinnati, Dayton, and Cleveland are all considering similar regulations. City leaders say these changes are needed to reduce teen vaping. Studies show young people overwhelmingly prefer fruit or candy-flavored e-cigarettes, even though the legal age to purchase those are 21 years old. But Republicans in the Ohio legislature quickly passed a bill to undo Columbus's ban. Legislators also included a restriction on cities prohibiting flavored tobacco sales in the state's two-year budget. However, DeWine opposed flavored tobacco sales and vetoed that change twice. DeWine's actions allowed Columbus's ban to move forward and other cities to pursue new ones. Several months later, Republican lawmakers are trying to undo what DeWine did, but it's not clear if they will succeed. To override DeWine's veto, Republicans will need support from 60% of the lawmakers in the House or the Senate. Vetoes are rare because of the high threshold required. Uh, Jason Stevens told report, reporters Wednesday that he supports overriding DeWine's veto because it would provide consistency across the state for those who sell tobacco products, especially in the retail space. DeWine, through a spokesman, said lawmakers could provide that consistency by banning flavored tobacco, including menthol, statewide. In the meantime, the government, governor supports any local government who wants to go a little farther in protecting kids. Dan Tierney, who was his spokesman, said. I'm going to agree with DeWine for once. Um, I I actually support the banning of flavored tobacco products. I am obviously a young guy, and that gives me a different perspective than most lawmakers. Um, but I really do believe that there is a an epidemic with youth using these products, and I think we're going to see the same thing with legalized marijuana in the state, which is a big reason I was against it. Uh, the more frequent it becomes, the more accessible it becomes, the more ap- appetizing it becomes uh, to these younger people, the more likely they are to use it the more likely they are to be become addicted to it uh, forever. And, and so I really don't support that. I, I do support the ban, and I support not overriding this veto, um, mainly because they're not necessary. There, there are a billion different tobacco products out there. Uh, just banning the flavored ones shouldn't affect any sort of actual user of it. And if it makes them quit, it makes them quit, and that's a good thing. And so honestly, in an ideal society, none of this would be legal, but we're not in an ideal society, of course. And so doing what we can to stop young people from using these crazy drugs, I support. And so I'm going to say it. Get the cameras out. Get the uh, get the recording going for those of you who want to use it as blackmail against me. Uh, good job, Mike DeWine, for actually doing the right thing for once. One time, but you know, uh, for once he did it. 
Um, and if this override, get, this veto gets override, a rid, I'm sure we'll see similar legislation to go through to ban it anyway. Uh, there's enough DeWine cronies in there to get it passed. So we will see. All right, friends, we will join you again on Monday on this program. You can find us on X between now and then at GOP Josh 20. Our verified profiles on Truth Social at GOP Josh. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, all the platforms. You can call the program with a voicemail, 574-675-6747. Make sure you rate us five stars on the podcast uh, so we help get boosted in the algorithm. Make sure you're downloading, downloading the show. It costs nothing to you and helps support the program, even if you don't normally download it. Uh, downloading it and having an auto-download really does help out the show, uh, and we will enjoy speaking to you all again on Monday. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 